Let us pray. Father, I don't have many words to say right now. I am. Help me, God, with the reality that this could be my last time standing here. That tomorrow is not promised, Father, to any of us. This could be my last time, Father. If we're going to do it, Father, be with me. If we're going to do it, Father, be with me. Don't let me be here by myself. Don't let me operate in my flesh. Don't let me get in the way, God. Protect your people, O oh Lord. Soften their hearts, God. be any of our last time, Father, and let's be here. If we're going to do it, let's do it. If we're going to serve you, let's serve you, Father. If we want to be the church, let's be the church, God. You want it all, Father, and so I just pray that this time here, Father, brings you glory. Uh, you alone, Father, you alone be glorified, God, and uh, yeah, just help us through this time. Help us through this time. Help us through this day. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Uh, my name is Tayshawn. I'm on staff here at SOMA. Uh, I'm going to skip all the introductions. I don't feel like doing that. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad that you guys are here. Uh, today, we are going to continue the I am statements of Jesus. Uh, so in the book of John, Jesus makes different statements uh, such as, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He makes statements such as, I am the resurrection and the life. He says, I am the light of the world. And these I am statements um, is, is, a, is, a, is a handful, right? He, he, he's going back. People that would have heard this would hear him declaring himself to be God. What Jesus is doing and what John is, is, is helping us to see that Jesus is doing is Jesus is revealing who he is to the people. He's revealing himself. He's revealing his true nature. Uh, so as we go through this text, let us, let, us, let us go in seeing that Jesus is trying to reveal himself to us. He's trying to reveal who he is. He's trying to reveal his nature to you, how he cares for you, how he cares for us. So let's turn our Bibles um, to John 10. John 10, we're going to start at verse 1, go through verse uh, 21. It is on page 896 in the Black Bibles. Page So Jesus says this, he says, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, 
he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of, this figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who come, who came before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. Know my own. My own know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. They will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down. I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my father. There was again a division among the Jews because of these words. Many of them said, he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? Others said, these are not the words of one who is possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? If you've ever heard this text preached before, um, know that this text is not about the stupidity of sheep, but more the love of shepherds. The story is less about the many ways your pastor fails to be shepherd and more about Jesus proclaiming to be God and proclaiming to be the good shepherd. The story is less about those who are not a part of the sheepfold, but more about how Jesus is showing us and revealing to us the true way to salvation. So Jesus uses in the beginning a figure of speech, uh, sharing a narrative about sheep and shepherd. Uh, the Jews hear this message and they are confused. I don't, I don't get it. I don't understand what you're trying to say. I don't, I'm not picking up what you're laying down. So Jesus begins to unpack the meaning, and uh, that's what we want to try, to try to do. So right at the jump, Jesus says this. He says, I am the door of the sheep. Jesus proclaims, he says, all who have come before me are frauds. He says, all who come before me 
only wanted to bring glory and attention to themselves. If you read before, how we get here is there's a story of a blind man and Jesus healing a blind man. And we come to the story of shepherd, leaders, and sheep because Jesus is trying to show how these leaders of Israel are not caring well for Jesus' sheep, namely this blind man. The way that they treat him is, is, is not how it ought to be. And so Jesus is revealing how they are currently acting and comparing to how he is God, uh, 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 how he is God cares for the sheep. So he says this, he says, uh, I come for one purpose. This is what Jesus is trying to get them. I come for one purpose, and that purpose is to bring glory and attention to God. For all that come before me, you're bringing glory and attention to yourselves. You're, you're setting up rules that ought not be. You're setting up standards that you yourself can't even keep, but yet you're burdening my sheep with these standards. You're trying to bring glory and attention to yourself, saying, hey, look at me, but I point to one, and I point to my Father. Jesus says that he is the door of the sheep. All who would come to God through him would be safe. The word safe kind of hits me different because all my life I try to ascribe, I try to chase after safety. Some of the reasons why we go to work and do the things we do and even my recent activity is safety, security. No matter what we do, we can't obtain safety as we think that we could. We can only go so far. We buy a house so that our kids will have a safe place to lay and praise God for, but that house can burn down. We save money. We build our accounts, but I'm sure you're going to get hit with a bill one day. and <laughs> It can deplete that real quick. So I'm not saying don't do these. I'm saying like I, no matter how I try to be safe, the only true safety, I don't want to lessen this truth of, of coming to Jesus and coming in by that door is the only true way that we can be safe, safe. When you say it twice, that's how you know it's real. Safe, safe. <laughs> safe, safe. The only true safety that we have is in Jesus by coming in through this door. And that's what he says. All who come to God through me would be safe. There's no other way. No other way but, but through Jesus. Uh, the door, the door, the door would have provided two things, maybe more, but two things. It would have provided uh, a, a passage, right passageway to come in through a door and also protection to keep the sheep protected from the outside. Right passage, but then also is protection. That day and time, the only, only door uh, that would have been, uh, uh, this door, this main entrance, would have been the only legitimate way to gain access uh, to the sheep. You see it by, it says, uh, to him, in verse 3, it says, to him, the gatekeeper, opens the door. It's the only legitimate legitimate passage. Accepting Jesus as our Savior 
this is our this is our passage. Salvation. Salvation, being saved, being safe, is in Jesus alone. And, and why is this important? It is important because without Jesus, the other option is we are enemies of God. This is why it is important. It's like, oh yeah, I'm saved, so what? We are enemies of God without him. We stand in direct opposition to God. I imagine the last day, boom, all this is over because if we can agree on one thing, this life does end. This life does end. If we can all, this life ends. And we stand before God guilty. We know the host of heaven knows, God himself knows, and, and it's a God of righteousness. A God who calls for justice and justice must be served. All of heaven hosts in rows, bent, stretched, pointed toward us in the center of our room alone because there will be no one to stand beside you outside Jesus. No one to plead our cause outside Jesus. No one who cares and loves us outside of Jesus. And so we're alone, arrows drawn, knowing What's to come? Knowing what we deserve. We're not even against it. We're not even against it. Because in our, in our heart of hearts, we also cry for justice. God intervenes. For those who would accept his son, this is what it looks like. God intervenes. And he tells the host of heaven, watch this, don't even think twice. Don't even, don't even think about it again. I know they deserve what's coming. If it crosses your mind again, it's sin because I said stop. That's how serious what Jesus has done for us. If you think about, if you think about shooting them with the arrow again, it is sin on your part. Don't let it cross your mind twice. And he turns and he says, aim it at him because justice must be served. Aim it at him. See, so much in my heart, hesitation. Hesitation. But again, he said, don't think about it twice. He has to take it. Why? Because he's safe. Utterly safe. We don't have to worry about if it's crossing God's mind again to pour out his wrath on us. That's what I mean by safe. We don't have to second guess this love. We don't have to think about it again. We are safe. We serve a God who is a shepherd that cares for his sheep. Jesus says this in verse 9. He says, whoever enters through him would be saved and would live forever. And he says this. He says, whoever enters. He says this, let me read it verbatim. He says, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. So we have to turn to your Bible. Let's turn to Psalms 23. Okay, hear about the shepherd and sheep, and, and we won't uh, we, we won't miss this. I thought about, I was like, man, it's kind of cliche to go to Psalms 23, but it started stirring my heart, and I was like, man, this is good. 
Psalms 23, uh, so you guys are not flipping back and forth, is on page 458 in the Black Bible. 458. 458. He just said he would bring them to good pasture. And so, Psalms 23, it says this. It says, the Lord, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. This is one of my favorite verses. It says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that surely goodness and mercy will follow me when I feel like guilt and shame should be following me. Goodness and mercy is following me. When I feel like death and disease should be following me, surely goodness and mercy is following me. When I feel like hate and rejection should be following me, surely goodness and mercy is following me. When I feel like my sin and my past should be following me, surely goodness and mercy is following me all the days of my life and we will inherit a blessing. What does David say? And I will stand in the house of the Lord forever. It's an amazing opportunity we have to be in the house of the Lord, to dwell in his presence forever. But that's not the part of why we come to Psalm 23. We come to Psalm 23 for verse, verse 2. It says, he makes me lie down in green pasture. David, being a shepherd himself, says that the Lord is my shepherd. David, knowing how a shepherd should be, should be but failing, utterly failing in major ways as a king of Israel, knows how a shepherd should be. And he says that the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. This good shepherd's speech, if the crowd was listening in John 10, they would have heard this scripture and many others as they hear Jesus talking about him being a good shepherd. I love the confidence that David has. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. He doesn't say the Lord might be my shepherd. He don't say the Lord may be my shepherd sometimes with other confidence, utter confidence, the Lord, he is my shepherd. He makes a declaration, not second guessing. The Lord is my shepherd. He plants his feet. He acknowledges his status. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He says, he makes me to lie down in green pasture. What is green pasture? Green pasture could be seen as a large body, green grass and uh, little flowers uh, that's suitable for sheep and other cattle to eat from. 
green pasture. Green pasture. What is this green pasture? I, I can only imagine this green pasture is Scripture truth. Truth about the gospel. He, he leads me, makes me lie down in this. Watch this. Uh, 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 Charles Spurgeon, he says this. He says, he says, green pasture might be looked at as Scripture. Always fresh. Always rich. Never exhausted. Always bringing life. He makes me lie down in green pasture. It's this gospel, man. It's this gospel of Jesus that is food for our soul. Uh, Spurgeon, he quote, I'm reading this quote. It says this. Quote from Spurgeon. It says, listen to me. It says, there is no fear of biting bare ground. There's no fear of biting bare ground. The grass is long enough for the flock to lay down in it. Sweet and full are the, are the doctrines of the gospel. Fit, uh, fit food for the soul, as tender grass is natural nourishment for sheep. When by faith we are enabled to find rest in the promises, we are like the sheep that lie down in the midst of the pasture we find at the same moment both provender or food and peace, rest and refreshment, serenity and satisfaction. But observe, he maketh me lie down. It is the Lord who graciously enables us to perceive the preciousness of his truth and to feed upon it. He makes me lie down. It is not because I'm a reasonable person that I lie down. It is not because of my goodness that I lie down. It is not because of ways that I, that I serve Christ and I try to love on people that I lie down. It is Christ alone who leads me as a shepherd to make me lie down. As I was studying shepherd and sheep, the shepherd does something for the sheep that I saw that was beautiful. So sheep often go astray, right? Sheep often go astray. And a sheep that continues to go astray, a shepherd would break the sheep's legs and the shepherd would hike the sheep up on the shoulder and carry the sheep. And after the sheep's leg is broken, they say that the sheep, after the sheep gets healed, the sheep never leaves the shepherd's side again. The sheep is stuck by the shepherd's side. And I'm not a proponent of broken legs, but God, if need be, Because what do we say? Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart. Lord, take it and seal it. Because I don't have the mental capacity to really give it to you how I ought. Take and seal it. He leads me to lie down in green pasture. This is the only time, this is the only time that we can rest assured that the grass is greener on the other side. You know, we live our life chasing things and seeking things and going to new relationships and new opportunities, thinking that the grass will be greener on the other side. 
This is the only time we can rest assured that the grass is greener, it's fuller, it's more rich on the other side. He says, I come to give you life. And life more abundantly. I was, I was studying this and I, went, I was like, man, can we, can we not see that there's nothing there? Sheep, one thing that sheep would do, I said, I said this is not about the stupidity of sheep, right? This is not, but this is what they would do. They would eat up all the grass. If they have no shepherd to lead them nowhere, they would stay there. They would stay there in a barren land. If a shepherd doesn't lead them and direct them to green pastures, they don't have the capacity to move. They think this is home. And they set up camp where there is just dirt. And they think this is life. This is life. And as a good shepherd, it's not like, let me lead you to green pastures. I'm trying to give you life. You think that is living. I'm trying to, trying to lead you where you can really flourish, really live. We sit there and I'm asking, but I love my grass. Bro, you don't, have you ever met somebody? Oh, and I ain't talking about you. We ain't got no grass, bro. And you just overly obsessed <laughs> with your grass. It's dirt. <laughs> it's dirt. <laughs> I'm not going to go further into that. <laughs> He's trying to lead us to green, green pasture. So going back to the text, uh, Jesus says this. He says uh, in John, page 896, he says, the thief. I don't want to misquote this because it's been misquoted many times. I'm going to read it. 896. He says this. He says, he says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Hi, Chloe. Let it not be said, please, that Tayshawn preached that the devil come to steal, kill, and destroy. That's not what the text is talking about. I've heard it many times that, that this text has been misapplied to the enemy. Is it true that he's a liar and been, the, been a liar from the beginning? I say yes and amen. Does he come to steal our joy, to try to strip away from us the hope of our salvation? Does he come to destroy and cause chaos? Yes. But the context here, Jesus is talking directly to the religious leaders of Israel. Jesus says, fraudulent leaders who came before me for their own glory, preaching a different message, are thieves trying to steal my sheep, destroy their lives. Leaders not seeking the glory of my father, but making themselves look, but trying to make themselves look good, and as a result, treating my sheep wrongly. The thief comes only not talking about the devil. I want to make that clear, even though they are true attributes. The context here, focus here, is religious leaders of Israel. He says this, while you come to hinder them with burdens, and you come to place on them weighty laws, I have come to give life. 
the law, the original law, God's law came. The law is good. But because we are sinners, it brings to us acknowledgement of our sin. Law is good, and the law would lead us to life, but a life that we can't obtain or hold up to. I came to bring you life and life to the full. Have you ever felt this deep feeling in the pits of your stomach that this can't be life, this can't be it? This is not all that I'm made to be. If this is life, this is for the birds. This cannot be it. But there's more to this. And God, for those who have put our faith and our trust in Jesus, we have obtained a life now and a life that will be revealed to us. That we literally, that we literally can't even dream of. We're going to see a God that we have served and never seen. And our eyes will be full. Just off that one glimpse we would have seen enough. We would have seen enough. And our God is so gracious that as a one glimpse of him, we've seen enough, but he gives us more. He gives us more. He's going to open up the gates of heaven to his children. When just him, there, there's, been, there's been a saying that says, uh, uh, if, you, if you could go to heaven and Jesus wasn't there, would you still go? And the answer to that question, don't answer it wrong. The answer to the question is, nah, I don't want to go. That I'd rather have Jesus. That Jesus is enough. And we say yes and amen for whatever reason. I'm like, God, you give us more? You give us more. I come to give you life and life to the full. I imagine this picture, uh, this picture on the internet, the little kid and the little bear behind his, behind his hand. And then, well, the kid, the kid got the bear. The man saying, give it to me, then got this big bear. All he's saying is, just trust me. I'm taking your little dirt grass. I'm taking your itty-bitty teddy bear. I'm trying to lead you somewhere and give follow me. Follow me. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd's job would be to feed, to guide, and to protect. Feed, guide, protect. And as Jesus being our good shepherd, he trades his life for ours. I even see him in Isaiah 53. We're going to turn there where he he has a, a moment as a, as a sheep. The way he's carrying himself looks more like a sheep. Turn with me to page uh, uh, 614. Isaiah 53. And we're going to start at verse, verse 6. Isaiah says this, Isaiah says this seven, listen to me, Isaiah says this seven hundred years 
before Jesus even stepped on the scene. 700 years before Jesus would come, he says this. We all, like sheep, have, have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter. And like a sheep before his shears. is silent. So he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for transgressions of many people. And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death, although, although he had done no violence. And there was no deceit in his mouth. Yet, it was the will of the Lord to crush him. He has put him to grief. When his soul maketh an offering for the guilty, he shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many be accounted righteous. And he shall bear their iniquities. We bear it no more. He shall bear their iniquities. Listen to me. We bear it no more. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes and makes intercession for the transgressors. He says, the others that go before me, I see these men and these men are hired hands. They don't care nothing for the sheep. They're hired hand. They work for hire. They only want profit and gain. They don't care about the sheep. He says, but I am the good shepherd, and as a good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. I lay down my life for the sheep. This is how much he cares for us. We are in trouble right now in this moment if we just let these words of Jesus dying on some cross be just words to us as something that we pass out. Like, yeah, he did that cool, good sermon, bro. There was a man who lived I don't know about y'all, but more and more where life is precious, God. Life is precious. There is a man who lived. Flesh, blood running through his veins. Nails went through his hands. A nail going through somebody's hand? Let's not let this, this man, he said, I laid down my life. Nobody take from me. I do it willingly. I love my sheep. 
I don't see the enemy coming, the enemy of sin and death. I don't see it coming and run away. I stand up against it. I go in headlong. When sin is trying to trap my people, death is coming for us. I don't run away. I'm not a hired hand. He stood ten toes down. Stood up against heart. Stood up against sin and death on our behalf. Because he's a shepherd that loves us and cares for us. No man takes my life. I love you so much. I, I volunteer. I give it up willingly. I have the authority to do so. Let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for you laying down your life for us. I'm sorry, Father, for ways that I've gone astray. Uh, we repent for ways that we have gone astray. Father, this moment, would you just soften our hearts and lead us to you, Father. Open our eyes, lead us to green pastures. Guide us, Father, if need be. Would you break our legs, Father, that we never leave your side. Father, it is you alone who have eternal life, and we rest, and we lean on you. Help us, Lord. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.